Thanks for joining us here on our latest Ion Security podcast. My name is Grady Summers. I'm FireEye CTO, and we're here at RSA this week. And I'm really excited to have with me uh, John Waters, the founder and CEO of Eyesight Partners, and Paul Wynn, the founder and CEO of Invotas. So, you know, as CTO, I think a lot about how do we keep FireEye innovative, how do we keep moving forward, and uh, how do we ultimately stay entrepreneurial. And that's why I'm really excited to, to have these two entrepreneurs here today. Um, one way we stay innovative is, of course, add great companies and great technologies to, to the FireEye family. So we're thrilled to join forces with, with both Paul and John. So welcome to both of you. Thanks. Thanks, Grady. So uh, just to start, could each of you talk uh, for a few minutes about how you chose to start your respective companies? Um, Paul, maybe we'll start with you. What's the background of Invotas? <laughs> How'd you get here? You know, it's funny. I've been, I've been coming to RSA for a long time, and uh, over the years you start to see the show floor explode from just the north end now to including the, the south end. And one of the things I'd noticed um, in 2013 was you had a lot of vendors solving very particular problems in a niche area. But as you start to have more vendors in the ecosystem, I was talking to customers and their challenge was, well, none of them integrate together. There's no interoperability. Even from the large vendors, their own portfolios don't have that interoperability. And so we started to look at the problem set of how can we stitch this together, leveraging, I mean, orchestration is not a new concept by any means. It's pretty prevalent in the IT operations space. And uh, security is pretty, you know, pretty nascent young industry overall from, from a maturity standpoint. We said, well, how can we start to bring all these pieces together and really start to unlock the value for our customers? And, you know, it's funny. We, we started this whole message of automated response and responding faster, but that really wasn't the value proposition customers wanted. They said, I don't have enough people, and I bought a lot of technology. How do I start to unlock the true value of all of my investments and get more productivity and efficiency out of the limited staff I have? So the... In 2014, almost to the day, we launched uh, Invotas at RSA, and I could tell you, first time around, we kind of looked at ourselves and said, well, is, does anyone really care about this orchestration space? And now we come back here in 16, and orchestration's everywhere, and even uh, companies using Automator Die, which is oh, something yeah. we trademarked <laughs> last year when, and made a very bold marketing move on it. So, I mean, hmm. we, we look at the ecosystem, now it's even worse, right? There's even more vendors, so... I think uh, orchestration now is, is a good way to rationalize all these things. And uh, we're fortunate to, to be joining the FireEye family and, and really being a part of uh, what I believe could be a, a real juggernaut in the space with yeah. all the pieces that we have. Yeah, definitely. John, what about EyeSight? Well, I mean, to echo what, what Paul was saying, I mean, there's so many technologies now. Our average customer has something in the neighborhood of 60 to 70 hmm. various mm-hmm. different technologies. They don't talk together, they don't work together, and they all generate a lot of alerts. So. Fundamentally, when you look at you know managing risk um, and managing risk efficiently, it's making better decisions. So how do you make better strategic decisions to understand the threat environment you operate in so you understand the capabilities, the competencies, and the orientations of threat actors so you can say, okay, I'm a target in my sector. These yeah. guys are a threat to me. How do they execute that threat? And is my current defensive capability capable of countering that threat? If they're not, that's where I need to make an investment. So strategic alignment of your security resources against threats provides a strategic rationale for investing in security, which has been lacking because people were throwing money at security because it's all, you know, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, business rationale takes over, and that doesn't fly anymore. So we're, yeah. we're hitting a pendulum, I think, where the board's going to say, I don't buy it anymore. Tell me why you need to invest more money because we keep on getting hammered, and I give you more money every year. So obviously, we're doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results, and I don't want to do it anymore. Yeah. So the investment rationale, ultimately, behind a security mission has to be coupled with we're investing dollars to avoid impacts of associated groups and associated threats that are real consequential to your firm. So, so that's the strategic rationale. And then to do it from a tactical perspective, 
to reconcile the, the shortfall in personnel and qualified staff that there are in the security industry um, with the backdrop of alerting going from, you know, thousands to hundreds of thousands to millions to now billions of alerts that people are trying to reconcile. Technology alone is not going to do it. So the reconciliation between all of the shrink the problem technologies on the customer side to try to take a billion alerts and convert it to a thousand critical alerts with intelligence around what do those alerts equate to in terms of threat context that can drive prioritization allows people to shrink the problem to their resources than versus trying to grow the resources to meet the problem. Yeah. Which is it's a, it's an unending game. There's not enough people out there. Definitely. So you have to just right size the problem and then drive um, you know rational application of your tactical and strategic resources to yeah. make security a legitimate business function. And our whole business model had been, you know, to be the best intelligence company in the world, helping security organizations align their actions with the business. Yeah. You know, so it's not just an independent security group. They're actually performing a business function. I right. think security market's right for that. Yeah. It's, you touched on that shortage of resources and the fact there's not enough security talent. And it's, it's definitely not a coincidence that I think both of, of your companies really played into that, right? I mean, FireEye recognizes there's not enough people to go around. So we're looking at you know, really understanding you know, what is the threat, how do we automate it with EyeSight and InvoTOS, respectively. So it's, it's definitely a common thread. So we we're fortunate that InvoTOS and EyeSight actually work together today, you know, even before we acquired the companies. Can you talk about how those acquisitions do work together, either one of you, Paul? Yeah, so um, I think a lot of the orchestration from a response standpoint was our customers typically will get an event and they want to gain as much context to make a mo the most informed decision so they're using threat intelligence. And so, of course, by, by nature with EyeSight and the high fidelity that they provide and the competence they provide with their intelligence, it allows us to, to leverage a very... Um, viable source for us to enrich those events and quickly get to the decision making so really analysts can take action as quickly as possible. You know, our, our whole premise was how do we create basically an analyst in the box and mm -hmm. automate their job functions so they can really reallocate the time that they're taking today on low value tasks and focus on more proactive uh, hunting or other activities that are higher value than they, they are today with commodity events. And really that's where intelligence has been a, a strong source for us to really help our customers accelerate through that process as fast as possible. And I think what we were starting to explore was um, more of the proactive side because I think we heard this from several customers is, I just have too much data. I can't operationalize it faster. How can I make sense of it so I can get ahead of it and be more proactive and push these preventative capabilities out before it's actually at my door? So that was, yeah. was going to be our next evolution. And, of course, with, with EyeSight, we are going down that path prior to the acquisition and, and looking forward to, to building out some of the, some more of those robust capabilities. Yeah, definitely. If you step back from from that, you know, how, how your two companies work together, how do you know these acquisitions uh, really make FireEye better overall? We look at the global FireEye threat management platform. How does EyeSight and Vitas bring value to that? Yeah, I mean, so you know, even back to what Paul was saying, when you look at decision advantage over an adversary, which is a definition of intelligence, mm -hmm. right? how do you maintain decision advantage? A decision advantage that's not actioned is worthless. Yeah. So our value proposition fell down oftentimes where the customer would say, I understand what I need. you got the best intelligence capability. I'm going to get it integrated in my technology, in my workflow. But they wouldn't know how to drive action based on the intelligence. So the InvoStox acquisition is absolutely critical to that, simplifying the action steps that flow from that decision advantage so you get ideas into action. Right? Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so ultimately, if you don't have an idea into action that they can draw a consequence of, of substance, that they can go back to the leadership team and say, hey, by virtue of the investment you gave me for this intelligence capability and this orchestration platform, I'm now able to manage my threats much more efficiently. And here's the type of things that we countered just this quarter alone. 
we avoided this $10 million capability that was executed by this group. They were going after that database. General counsel said that would have been a $10 million issue. This group was going after your email address, Mr. CEO, so he could spearfish all of your contacts. Uh We were able to detect and defeat that by virtue of this intelligence and the actions that were flowed through the Invotas platform. So driving to connect investment to action um, in an intelligence-driven way is really important. Now, when you look at that generically in a tech-neutral environment, that enables FireEye to broaden its aperture from just managing FireEye platforms to all platforms. So from fire as a service to really security as a service, which is the direction of the business to be able to manage a mixed environment. And that's where Invotas and us naturally were oriented. And we were the the Intel core for our customers that had pervasive integration hooks built with whatever security technologies they used, FireEye or others. Um, And, you know, Invotas had by its very definition to be able to work in a mixed environment Mm -hmm. to orchestrate all the interactions and management of all these various, various technologies. So now you got integration with the Intel, integration with the technology, that'll leverage and advantage our FireEye platforms yeah. uh, in a way that won't be achievable through others and that our back-end integration from changes in the threat environment into the detection engine itself is incredibly unique. I mean, what was fulfilling before we ever closed the transaction is the ability to increase detection rates. We're working with the DCI mm-hmm. team. Yeah. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, there's this unique exploit we just found in the Ukraine. They run it against the VM and mm-hmm. says, hey, it didn't stop it. All right, yeah. upgrade the rules. 60 yeah. minutes later, it blocks it. Yeah, yeah. That's a change in the threat environment, changing your detection That's engine powerful. core. We've already seen changes in instant response functionality. Yeah. Um, you know, just in the last few weeks, there are three different IR, you know, projects yeah. working that the Intel advantage them to get resolution for the customer faster. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's improved the platform and detections. It's improving the IR function. And in the first week after the deal, sat down with a FireEyes of Service, you know, SOC. Yeah. And Milpitas just sat down and said, I don't want to talk to the manager. I want to talk to the guys doing the job. Yeah, yeah. And the leverage points of the intelligence inside their workflow is, is huge. When you layer the Invotas piece in there, our ability to efficiently scale the business in a way that is customer-centric, not technology-centric, um, is just there today and it wasn't there yesterday. So I think these are really excellent acquisitions and opens up. What, our, what we can do as a business. Yeah, I do love that quick impact. You know, there are many acquisitions at, at this point, you know, where I think we're just a month, um, five weeks post-acquisition. At this point, we're often still just whiteboarding ideas. I love that, you know, Eyesight was able to start adding value really the week after the acquisition. So Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, kind of a business one-on-one in these things. You know, start small, move fast, think big. Yeah. So, you know, you've got to get to isolated individuals and teams working together quickly, mm-hmm. generate a win. Yeah. The win generates a use case. Use case then get rolled out, you know, globally. So if you start off on a whiteboard trying to come with some theoretically elegated, <laughs> elegant, you know, integration yeah. path, you're just sitting there, you know, waxing theoretical, you know, stories all the way versus doing stuff. Yeah. So it's been yeah, cool. I think it's unique because I think we're, we're very focused on the specific user personas and how do you make their jobs easier and more effective and more efficient and when you get down to that level you bring the pieces together i mean it's an amazing story with i mean I, i've seen customers with poor intelligence using orchestration automation making poor decisions just because that's yeah. what's available in the local environment and i think that is one of the things that is sometimes a limitation of orchestration is you have to make do with what's in the environment today if you have better pieces maybe you can have more a more effective program intelligence is a huge one for us because we rely on it quite heavily for our decision making because if we automate a poor decision well guess what you know potentially an adverse 
effect could happen a lot faster. So it's, yeah. it's amazing the number of customers that don't understand that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's yeah. like you know, if you're going to build you know a, a rocket ship to go to the moon and you're going to go cheap on the navigational chip, yeah. I mean, you miss by one yeah. degree and you're off by like 50 million miles. Exactly. You know? yeah. so, exactly. Yeah. The, the intelligence that's driving all your action and all your investments yeah. has got to be the best. That's just not where you skimp. Yeah, you know, definitely. because you're said you're, it's a body without a brain. Otherwise, yep, exactly. Yeah. We we always called ourselves kind of Hercules without a brain. Right? Yeah, we were, we, everything was a nail and we were a hammer. And unless we knew exactly where we needed to hit it or what it was, you know, maybe we we're using too much yeah. of a hammer. So that's I think that's where we infuse a lot of the intelligence plus you got the brain. Really, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. The the brain plus the other components within fire. Well, that's, that's those huge. other components. It's need. I love that when I talk to customers, the rationale here is really clear. Some acquisitions, you know, need to be explained, and here's how we're going to integrate it. Customers get it. You know, FireEye, best in class detection, world class detection with the MVX engine. Uh, now we bring additional context to that with with the Eyesight acquisition. Now we can automate all of that with InvoTOS, and then you put on top of that all the great you know Mandiant services, a Fire as a service. If, if a customer still needs additional help, it's just a very apparent um, rationale. You know, the one thing I don't want to get lost, though, is our intelligence got better, too. It's not just mm-hmm. like this great intelligence mm-hmm. capability came in as driving, you know, one-directional value into the FireEye business. I mean, we had great visibility in some some spots and blind spots in others. And, you know, the FireEye mandate team had great visibility yeah. in some spots and blind spots in others. And where we had our first kind of strategic meeting, like, hey, is there something that works here? We just started drawing Venn diagrams, yeah. and it was so complimentary. It was clear well, to all of us straight away. Yeah, we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that you know FireEye and uh, FireEye Mandian and Eyesight were probably the number one and number two biggest threat intel teams in the industry. Um, you know, FireEye Mandian really specializing on the victim view. You know, with FireEye and the MVX uh, appliances, we've been able to see kind of what's happening at a victim site. At our customer site, of course, Mandian getting on the ground after every breach, we're seeing that victim perspective, and then I say bringing us that attacker perspective. It really rounds out the whole. No doubt. I mean, you think of a full threat life cycle. I mean, most of the guys in the technology business thinks a threat starts when they get an alert in their infrastructure. Yeah. Threat starts when some bad guy <laughs> somewhere says, "Hey, I'm going to target banks to accomplish spawn objectives." Yeah. That's when it starts. Yeah. And then, go, then they go about building their game plan, figuring out where their infrastructure is, what tools they're going to use, what target sets they're going to go after, the reconnaissance. We're going to set up the command and control what spear phishing they're going to use, yeah. and what geopolitical trigger to get guys to click on it. They come up with their strategy, and then they hit enter. Yeah. We had great visibility up until the time they hit enter. They hit enter, we didn't see any threat proliferation because we were blind on the attack surface. Right Now right. picking up the indicators where that threat proliferation stage takes place, mm-hmm. and now you know it's hitting French government and U.K. banks and German utilities. So you see the threat proliferation phase that we were blind to. And then you get behind you know, customer lines, how they operate internally, how they escalate privileges, operate, move laterally, go gather all the intel you know, that they're looking to yeah. collect inside, and then how they slipstream it out the back door without getting caught. And then here would come the egress. Now things come out the back door, that's what we pick it up. Yeah. So we'd say, okay, yeah. here's where the, this data is being merchandised, here's where the... the uh, uh, the routing, you know, codes are going to. Here's the different mewling networks they have. Huh. You know, here's yeah. all the back end stuff getting it back to the adversary. So together, we have now the full threat lifecycle from threat initiation to threat closure and completion, all the way through the attack surface and threat proliferation back to how they move inside. Yeah. So that yeah. intelligence view is not held anywhere in the world other than this company, hmm. including, for the most part, other governments, hmm. because wow. they're not going to have the attack surface monitoring on commercial networks. Right. They're not going to see what's going on with these attackers once they get inside. So if you look at the unique view we have, it is far, far and away the most unique intelligence view in the world. Now we're going to bring that to bear across this entire platform in the industry. Sure. It's really exciting. 
Um, guys, last thing here. You know, one of the things um, I've been promoting a lot as, as CTO is a more open fire eye. Um, we would love it if customers bought all of our products, but we know sometimes they, they might just buy one or they need to use our data to make their existing infrastructure better. They've got a sunk investment that they, they need to improve with our products and services. So could each of you talk a little bit about, you know, you both have products that plug into existing security infrastructure with FireEye and non-FireEye or that can feed an existing security infrastructure. What does that mean for our customers and what's the outlook on kind of keeping these platforms open, both in Botas and iSight? Yeah, I would say that's probably the number one question I've gotten from customers and even just sitting on the show floor, yeah. coming by the booth and look at the FireEye group saying, what, what happened? You know, when did this happen? Yeah. I think, I think they're, they're concerned because, one, they've made investments into technologies already. And whether it's going to be another year or two years before they replace it with something else, they, they need to unlock the value of those investments that they've already made. And typically, for when you look at our use cases, I mean, we look at our platform as being almost like a blank canvas, right? And if you're right. a Picasso and you could piece all these different capabilities together via the APIs to really solve a unique problem, and that's where the creativity and the, um, the ability to really help a customer unlock the value of those investments is, is important for us. So we, we need to continue to maintain that um, integration into the ecosystem, whether it's FireEye, non-FireEye products, because it's not a monolithic stack. Yeah. And I think we, we have to ensure that we can continue to do that. But as we've talked about, I think there's a lot of value now with the, um, the FireEye assets that can unlock unique value that customers can't get today, which is where we want to um, make sure that we're continuing to look at that view and and saying, how do we help our customers with FireEye investments today get more of what, what they have right now while continuing to integrate with other third-party, you know, even sometimes competitive products that sure. could, be, uh, could be scary for FireEye, but you know, for a customer, I think that's where they'll, they'll see a lot of value with um, us doing that and being more open and embracing the ecosystem. Yeah, it's definitely the right thing to do for yeah. our customers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've been clear with our customers and our employees from the get-go that I'm looking after all stakeholders in the firm, and we wouldn't do anything that didn't improve our ability to serve our customers, yeah. improve the opportunities for our employees, and be good for shareholders. So this was looked through that customer lens first, and the only way you can provide the Intel core for your customers at an enterprise level is if you can pervasively integrate across their ecosystem, no matter what product it is. So we've always been married to that as Invotas has. So, mm-hmm. so I think that that you know opening the aperture from the FireEye side was really telling. It shows how committed they are to an intelligence-led strategy and yeah. it as a service model to deliver holistic security, you know, management for customers and threat management for customers. So um, that's been clearly communicated to our customers, and they're excited about that. The, um, the thing that is going to put the challenge on the other security technologies, though, and we really encourage our customers to hammer them for this, is what had happened in the industry really before this, I think, bellwether event, is a lot of these security technologies that we're integrated with, we're dumbing down our intelligence to fit through the filter of the least common denominator that Intel providers were providing. Huh. So they might provide two fields of information, and that's all they were enabling inside their technology Because their tool could only support this. Their tool two. can only support huh. two. They architected that way. Yet we've got, you know, 18 fields, yeah. all these pivot capabilities, and pull through just a technical view, an operational view, strategic view, to the entire robust intelligence capability they were buying. Mm. They were dumbing it down as it's going through a filter set, and they weren't getting the same value that they had subscribed to. So a lot of the folks were frustrated with those integration points and would also integrate directly through our API 
into the workflow. And a lot of folks build custom integrations. Mm-hmm. So the, the task at hand here, the challenge that we're really calling out to the rest of the security industry is to support your customer, you're going to have to support the robust nature of our intelligence capability to enable your customer to get that value. Yeah. So it's really a call to arms to the other security guys to say, hey, man, open up your, your minds here. Really expand your technology platform to fully leverage and embrace the intelligence that drives it. And your customers will be happy. If you don't do that, I mean, that's where there is a competitive advantage because the entire architecture and engineering structure at FireEye will be born on that doctrine. Yeah, You've got to fully leverage the intelligence. So that, that's something that I think long-term benefits FireEye technology consumers. Mm-hmm. But to the extent the other security technology stack wants to open up as well and fully leverage the intelligence, that customer can pick whatever they want to pick. Yeah, I think you touched on something very interesting. It resonates for me because um, orchestration couldn't be successful unless there are APIs in other products, so REST APIs became popular. You know, 10 years ago, yeah. I don't think orchestration would have been successful because they were pretty closed systems. Mm. And that's the big evolution we saw in the last couple of years is more and more products, because of customer demands, going, we want you to be more open, we want to be able to orchestrate them. And at that time, it was really custom scripts, right? They were writing Python and Perl scripts to stitch all these products together. You know, we were one of the first platforms to codify it and create a true product that you didn't have to write these custom scripts. But that's where we have always, because we were a s- small player, we were always going to our customers and saying, you know, we need the rest of the ecosystem to embrace the openness so that you can really get the best out of what you have today. Otherwise, if there's no APIs, orchestration basically can't yeah. exist. Yeah, for sure. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure getting to know both of you and your organizations. And I think on behalf of FireEye, it's going to be really exciting to see what we can do for our customers together this year. So thank you for joining me. Yep, you're welcome. Thanks, Grady.